Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Just to flag that today's episode contains details that some people may find distressing. Today on the Indo Daily, unsolved, will missing teenager Amy Fitzpatrick ever be found? On January 1st, 2008, Amy Fitzpatrick, a 15 year old Irish teenager, disappeared in Spain. Now 15 years on and still unsolved, Amy's whereabouts and indeed what happened to her remains a mystery. I just want to appeal to anyone who may be holding Amy against her will. Please let my baby bunt and go. The whereabouts of the Dublin-born teenager is now making headlines across Spain. She's a loving kid who would never do anyone any harm. She'll be frightened. Please don't hurt her. And Amy, if you're there, and the time is going on and you're afraid to come home, please don't be afraid. There's nothing to be scared of. Now, her family have never stopped looking for her and relatives like her aunt, Christine Kenny, want her case as a missing person upgraded to that of murder. When you think of what has gone on over the past 15 years, it's unreal. You know, it's a constant, constant fight. We're just, we're just hoping that we will find Amy. I'm Siobhan McGuire, and to find out more about Amy, I'm joined by Sunday Independent columnist Sarah Cadden. First, let's hear from Christine Kenny, who petitioned the Doyle yesterday in an ongoing campaign to find justice and indeed peace for Amy. Christine, you're Amy's auntie, and you've never stopped trying to find out what happened to your niece. No, I've never stopped, and I don't think I ever will until we get word of where Amy is. You want the investigation upgraded to murder. You went to the Doyle yesterday and you've petitioned the Irish government. Can you talk to me a little bit about why you want this upgraded from missing persons? Well, as a missing person, what actually happens is after so long, if there's no information, this is what I was, I understood what happened. And then they kind of scale down. But unless information comes in, that's accurate information then they will reopen the case. As far as I know, it goes to archives and it's on the shelf till such a time something comes, someone comes forward with information. But um, at this stage, we feel that it needs to be upgraded to murder because nothing can happen while it's still as it is in archives. And Christine, you've been tipped off about a burial site, haven't you? You've spoken to the Spanish police. Yeah, now that was going back a good few years ago. This lady phoned me to say that um, my niece Amy Fitzpatrick is in the fifth stable where the fifth water tank is. And that's the information I got. And any information 
that I have had from anybody. It's always uh, liaised on to the guards and the usual way it would follow into Interpol. We've never heard anything, anything whatsoever. You know, we were, ju- were just on, in limbo. We never get any updates. It's kind of going into this and going into that and trying to get more information. But at the end of the day, we just want to find Amy. We want to bring her home and, you know, let her be with her brother, Dean. Yeah, and that's the thing, Christine. You've had a double tragedy in your life. In other news, 45-year-old David Mann has been found guilty of the manslaughter of his stepson, Dean Fitzpatrick, in Dublin three years ago. Mr Mann had denied murdering the 23-year-old after a row outside his apartment in May 2013. Amy's disappearance and then Dean's killing. You as an aunt, I hear the way you speak about Amy and Dean. So, you know, there was a lot, a lot of love there. Yes, like in my eyes, like my nieces, my nephews, regardless, we have always been, they're my life's, my life, I should say. And, you know, they're my brother's children. And I will do anything to get the proper information out there. Like, it, as I said before, it takes one person just to come and tell the truth. When you think it's what has gone o- got on over the past 15 years, it's unreal. You know, it's a constant, constant fight. And we're just we're just hoping that we will find Amy. How is Christopher? How is her dad? He's not he's a broken man, that's all I can say to you. He is a broken man. I don't know how he's living with the pain that he has. Yeah, it's horrendous. And you know, he's such a, he's a, such a lovely guy and the children adored him. Both of them, Amy and Dean. Sarah, it's 15 years since Amy Fitzpatrick disappeared. Can you talk me through exactly what happened all those years ago on New Year's Eve? Amy Fitzpatrick was a Dublin teenager. She was from Coolock in Dublin and she had moved to the Costa del Sol to an area called Mijas outside uh, near Marbella. And she had moved there with her mother and her mother's partner, Dave Mahan, and her also Amy's brother, uh, Dean. And it sounds like all the way along, it has sounded like Amy wasn't particularly happy there. She wanted to come back to Dublin. She wanted to come back and and stay with her father. And there have been reports about how she was potentially sleeping rough for a while. She didn't attend school. She wasn't having a great time, but she was a very young girl, only 15 when she went missing on New Year's Eve. And that's the thing, Sarah, you know, this is this is a teenager plucked from Dublin, where probably where she has her friends. It's hard enough being a teenager, let alone being relocated to a place in the sun. Yeah, which obviously sounds absolutely idyllic. But, you know, all teenagers want is is their friends and their stuff and all their their routines. And by all accounts, Amy was not happy. How accounts vary is sort of the reasons why she wasn't happy. Yes, she wanted to be back in Dublin, but her friends and her father's family would say she wasn't happy at home with her mother's partner, Dave Mahan. And then her mother uh, has always said that actually, no, Amy was very happy at home. Um, can you just, for, for, you're here now, can you tell us now, what was uh, life like for her leading up to her disappearance? 
She did want to go back to Ireland. That was the plan. She was planning to come back here for her 16th birthday, which was February. She had rang her nana to make arrangements. She would made arrangements with her friends to come back. Um, she did eventually want to come back, but the way it was, it's her home was in Spain, and she was only 15. Yeah. So she had to stay put until we, until she was old enough to do make her own decisions. You know. Malaga itself, the the province, it's a lovely, lovely place. And on January the first, 2008, Amy went to a friend's house to help her babysit and what happened? Well, she left her friend's house at 10 o'clock to walk home, a sort of a, a, a you know, a side track home, but it wouldn't have taken her more than a few minutes. But she, by apparently she never made it home. And soon after that, there was a missing person alert and there was never a sign of Amy again. No one in her life believes that Amy is still alive, but there's never been any trace of what could have happened to her. After she disappeared, Sarah, this was a big, big story. This was a, a huge in Spain, huge back here, huge in the UK. Uh, you even had the Spanish dubbing it as um, Ireland's Madeleine McCann. I suppose the parallels there are that there was just no sign of her she just like disappeared into thin air now you know we can't avoid the fact that really the finger of suspicion was always from the start pointed at her her mother's partner but they have her mother Audrey and her now husband Dave Mahan always denied that they know anything about what happened to Amy and have been absolutely devastated by her loss. But there has been a huge uh, division uh, within the family, a division between her father's family and her mother and her partner. And that really has been very sad to, to watch over the years. Because Audrey and Dave made some very public interviews. There was a the press conference after Amy disappeared. There were several high profile interviews uh, over here, like on Orty's Late Late Show and TV3's Ireland AM. And they they show a very united front and, and seem very sincere in uh, their grief. Well, one to think she ran away. That's the best thing. That's the best news. That that that's going the best thing. She ran away and it's just blown out of proportion now. And maybe she's afraid to come back. They they got married some years after and they have always said they both absolutely loved Amy, that Dave Mann, she was the daughter he, that he didn't have. And um, they have said, and it has also been reported, that there were people in the area, and we know that this is an issue in the Costa del Sol of people who Amy shouldn't have been hanging around with a criminal kind of element and that even, you know, it has emerged recently that friends of hers have said that she had been paid 100 euro, which, you know, even now would be a fair whack to give a 15 year old to sit in a car with guys who were doing drug deals in order to make them look less suspicious. Um, you know, there was a report that Amy was seen with a woman with blonde hair that night. There was never that's never gone any further. So there were it would seem there were people in her life that, you know, weren't necessarily the kind of people that a kid should have been hanging around with. So let's talk about the investigation. There are certain things that kind of happened um, in the course of the investigation, like a burglary on Amy's mother's house and a burglary on on her lawyer's 
office, I think. Yes, and you know, Amy's uh, mother had originally said that she didn't think Amy had her phone with her and a, a police search of the apartment did find Amy's phone at home in the house. Later, there was, as you say, a robbery uh, in their apartment and the phone was gone. Uh, later, the the solicitor's office and a laptop gone. It's all quite strange. And, you know, you could say, OK, does that suggest that there was some greater criminal element in this who were quite more like an organised um, group, you know, who knew what they were doing, knew how to get rid of things. Uh, her her name has been connected to the name of um, Eric Lucky Wilson and also who was a hitman and also to an unnamed kind of associate of the Kinahan cartel, both of which would be fairly troubling associations for a child to have had. And but as you say, the Spanish police did look into it quite thoroughly. And there has very recently now this month been an unnamed and anonymous tip that her body is buried in some stables near Mijas where she lived. But, you know, her, her paternal family have acknowledged that while they would they want the Spanish police to investigate and to dig there for her. It's a pretty big undertaking and potentially the Spanish police would ask for some more reason to do it. And that's the thing, uh, I guess, we have so many theories, so many ideas about what actually happened, Amy. But here we are 15 years on. We still just don't know. No. And I suppose that Madeleine McCann parallel is something that keeps it in people's imagination, you know, probably as well, because it's such a massive fear for all parents to be what if your child just disappeared without a trace but i suppose the uh, how this the the family story has evolved since has also you know kept people's attention um because in 2013 dave mahan was subsequently convicted of the manslaughter of amy's brother dean the family were back, um, all of them living in Dublin again at this stage. Dean was 23. He had a small baby with his partner and uh, Audrey, now Mahan and Dave Mahan were living together in Dublin. And um, Christopher Fitzpatrick, Amy and Dean's dad, has said he was with Dean that day and he got two calls from Dave Mahan and Dave Mahan wanted to see him. And that night, um Dean Fitzpatrick was found on the ground dying from a stab wound outside the building uh, where his mother and his mother's partner lived. And uh, in 2016, Dave Mahan was convicted of the manslaughter of Dean Fitzpatrick. What he tried, what it was attempted to suggest in the trial was that Dean had inflicted the stab wound himself um, and had intended to harm and potentially kill himself. But then it it turned into that in terms of it being manslaughter, Dave Mahan said he had taken the knife from Dean and that, you know, to to protect him and that accidentally Dean had been stabbed by this knife. And again, Audrey and Dave had a very united front. I mean, here's Audrey. She's lost her daughter, Amy. Uh, She's disappeared. She's missing. And then... The tragic circumstances surrounding Dean um, and then Dave is subsequently sentenced and sent to jail. Audrey, just your own thoughts? I know just the same as him. I was supposed to come over here at all but then I can't let him see this and it's true on his own. We've gone through everything else together so that's because I came back on the other day last night so 
here now with him just to support him like he would with me and everything with Amy and everything else all the time so it's the same thing. Yes, and in a lot of couples, you can imagine even if there was, you know, all that kind of muttering and suspicion about Dave Mahon back when Amy went missing, that would put enormous strain on any couple. Um, But they were, as you say, always very united and they remained very united after Dean Fitzpatrick's death. And yes, a a lot of people would find that very difficult to understand because that love of your child is so powerful that it is hard to imagine that you, even in a case of manslaughter, would not blame that person. It would be very hard to stay with them. But they did. They they that couple got married in 2015, and in 2016, Dave Mahon was sentenced to seven years for the manslaughter of Dean Fitzpatrick, of which he served five years, much to the regret of both Dean Fitzpatrick's partner and mother of his child and of the Fitzpatrick family. Yes, it's been really hard for Amy's father's family, for him and his his own siblings, because they have continued to campaign for some kind of justice and clarity in relation to what exactly happened to Amy. And they're now petitioning for the investigation to be upgraded from a missing persons case to that of murder. Yes, and they very much feel as well that Amy was Irish and that there should be efforts coming from Ireland to find out what happened because she is one of our own. She just disappeared in a puff of smoke. You know, we don't know how how successful that petition will be and I think they have a great deal of anger, justified anger about her case in that they, I suppose, feel she wanted to come back to her dad. Christine, finally, just tell me what Amy was like. What do you remember? Well, I remember as a child she was, you know, she was a fun-loving little girl. She She loved her father unconditionally. You know, she literally idolised the ground he walked on and he would have likewise done the same for Amy he and Dean he loved both of his children it was just unfortunate the way life turns out you know and nobody can help that but they got a very very you know it's very sad the more you think about it you kind of say to them two young children like one 15 and Dean, 23. And Dean had a son. All that has been taken from him. And both Amy, like, as well. If there's one thing that I can think I can do with the help of the public is to guess, you know, Amy found. That's all we need. And the pressure put on the Guardia Civil and our government. People will be surprised how things could turn around so quickly. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to stop. I will I will do this and continue doing what I'm doing for Amy to get some type of justice. I know it's not about justice at the minute. It's, just, it's basically about finding her. In Spain, there was, or there was little searches and that, but that's as far as it went to. Like Nowhere was ever dug up. The likes of that race course, when I got that, when I got that um, phone call from this lady, and 
when she said it to me, everything was completely, we went to the police station, we went from the police into Interpol and etc. You know, nothing was ever done. That racetrack was never dug up. And when I got that information, it was passed on immediately. But I'm very disappointed with the Irish government because when Amy went missing, she was still 15, she was still a child. And they say in government, you know, children are a priority. Well, in fairness, Amy wasn't a priority to our government. Is there um, a page or something we can direct people to if they want to uh, help out? Yes, it's um, www.searchforamy.com. Any information, I mean, it's just fantastic if something does come in. You know, I mean, that's all we want. We just want to find her, basically. You know, it's been a tough road. I mean, it's 15 years. I mean, I look at her father, how broken he is. He can't do anything. And he is a total broken man. And my thanks to Christine Kenny, Amy Fitzpatrick's aunt, for speaking with me today. And my thanks also to Sarah Cadden, Sunday Independent columnist. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by myself, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, recorded by Gavin Hennessy and edited by Dara Kelly. Archive clips from Ireland AM on TV3, TV3 News Archives, Sky News and Independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.